Hello, rock fans. This is PJ Pat. Thanks so much for joining the It's One Louder podcast. As you know, I'm a complete grunge freak, and I was so excited to see Guitar World release a 90s issue. So I can talk about grunge until the cows come home, but what I saw was a really cool article about Vernon Reed, obviously from the band Living Color. Although grunge was a huge machine, especially in the early 90s, Living Color carved its own path right through that machine and created its own fan base and its own fame because it wasn't really grunge. It was actually very shreddy, right? Vernon Reed was known to be a shredder, uh, but he was a very unique, obviously, very unique look, right? Not a lot of black players out there that could shred. And uh, also, look-wise, in terms of physically how they dressed, right? Very African-inspired, obviously very colorful clothing and uniforms. But he was a shredder. So throughout the whole grunge movement where, you know, shredding was frowned upon, here comes this band and his guitar player, Vernon Reed, just shredding the hell out of the guitar and making amazing music all throughout that movement. So kudos to Vernon Reed and Living Color. So I'm super excited to bring you this article about really a very unique guitar player, Vernon Reed. So let's get right into it. Vernon Reed, from Vivid to Time's Up to Stain. How Vernon Reed's Expressionist Shredding Juiced Living Color Through the Grunge Era by Matt Wake. Unlike many bands that got big in the late 80s, Living Color Sound didn't require an overhaul to avoid obsolence once the new decade hit. The prismatic metallics and social consciousness of the New York band's 1988 debut album, Vivid, scan alternative immediately. Wow, 1988. I could have sworn it was early 90s. Their Dino Riff breakthrough hit, Cult of Personality, in addition to being one of rock's best singles ever, was an off-ramp from 80s hedonism to the next decade's underground music uprising. In a Reagan rock sea of perma-sloshed white dudes, Living Color was full of thoughtful black virtuosos. So the band, which featured singer Corey Glover, guitarist Vernon Reed, bassist Muzz Skillings, and drummer Will Cahoon, was a refreshing contrast to say the least. Although they were future-proof, during the 90s, Living Color's music grew new vines. We evolved with the times in a way, Reed, the band's guitar artiste, tells Guitar World. Vivid is a very upbeat record. Even though we talked about social things, we were on our mission. We were happy to be in the mix. We were filled with a kind of realistic optimism, you know? In the coveted opening slot for the Rolling Stones' 1989 U.S. Stadium Tour, Stones frontman Mick Jagger was a fan and did some production on Vivid. Living Color saw plenty to reflect on. And on 1990's Time's Up, Reed says, we kind of took on a lot of the landscape around us. Time's Up opening a gnarly title track served as a tip of the cap to another great all-black band, Bad Brains, the Washington, D.C. hardcore combo whose roaring 1982 debut album has influenced musicians from Soundgarden to The Roots. Without Bad Brains, Reed says, we probably wouldn't exist. They were such an essential component of how we arrived. Glover's lyrics to Time's Up were about the environment, a brilliant counterpoint to the track's brass knuckle grooves. It was like, this is novel, Reed says. We just wanted to say something, and Corey came up with this complexity, unexpected conversation, and it worked. Glover's yearning, asphalt opera vocals always peeled ears. On social media and elsewhere, Reed has maintained that Living Color's frontman is one of the greatest rock singers of an era overpopulated with star throats. <laughs> and he's not wrong. Meanwhile... The guitar and drums canyons Calhoun and Reed carved out are in the Page Bonham zip code. We have a lot in common in terms of our families, Reed says of his connection with his bandmates. We're all children of the civil rights movement, those kinds of aspirations. That whole time period had a huge impact on us. The promise, the fear, the hope, and all of that. 
It's a musical connection that energizes every living color track, past, present, and future. Love Rears Its Ugly Head was Time's Up hit single in MTV video. The song has since been streamed more than 13 million times on Spotify. It's a swingin' Prince-worthy mix of R&B and hard rock, and Reed peels off sauntering lead lines wiggled with a crybaby. Reed says he and Prince shared a short yet sweet connection. I did have a couple of moments with him. I wish we'd had more moments, you know? He liked the band. He would come see us. He would mysteriously appear and then would mysteriously disappear, which always made me mad. Damn it! Reed's tones and phrasing evoke visual artists like no other guitarist back then. Listeners could see Reed's solo as much as they heard them and felt them. After I tell him his guitar playing sounds like Jean-Michel Basquiat's expressionist paintings look, Reed sounds legitimately touched. Well, thank you for that. I'm not going to make a big claim, but I knew Jean-Michel a little bit. He was on the downtown New York City scene. And I remember the first time I saw a Jackson Pollock painting, and that struck me. This is going way back to when I was playing with avant-garde jazz group, the Decoding Society. When you got off the elevator in the center Pompidou in Paris, it was really the first time a painting kind of put me into shock. It was so visceral. And his rage, his thing, was so coming out of the canvas that really struck me. Reed drew inspiration like many guitarists before and since from Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child, Slight Return, which he connected to the voodoo-tinged imagery in Basquiat's visual. The work of genre-leaping writer James Baldwin affected Reed's lyric writing. On tracks like Vivid Gem, Baldwin's whole concept was that he's a witness, Reed says. So there were many different things that influenced me. I do believe in things having connections across boundaries. One of my primary cultural and media experiences that really had an influence on me was the Twilight Zone. In the score, the first thing you hear is that guitar figure that lets you know you're going to a dimension. I didn't start playing guitar until two years later, but as a kid, that show scared the shit out of me, and I couldn't wait to see the next episode. There are only 12 notes, but Reed is one of a select group of guitarists who sound like they found a 13th note all their own, as heard on his leads on Time's Up, Sidewinder, Pride. I'm kind of more of an improviser, but there's a feeling that I want the solo to be, he says. There's an effect I want to have, which is an outgrowth of whatever the song is saying and very much so in terms of Pride or the solo on Ignorance is Bliss from Living Color's third album, Stain. I wanted it to be its own statement. Because the lyrics and the melody are making one statement, and the guitar, particularly in how it comes in, has to stand as an adjunct to the voice. That kind of immediacy. And there's a feeling of pleading on the solo on Pride. I'm really happy with how that turned out. The William Burroughs cut-up guitar intro to Time's Up Information Overload, which sounds like a Tom Morello prequel, is one of Reed's favorite personal guitar moments. It's completely bonkers, he says with a laugh. That was, like, my first real experience with extreme electronics. I've had a warm relationship with Eventide ever since. They're very innovative. They've tried to stretch the boundaries of mad sonic innovation, and I'm very grateful to have the relationship I have with them. Living Color was the only band that could have been a part of both the Stones reunion tour and the first Lollapalooza, the 1991 Jane's Addiction-led traveling cavalcade that brought alt-rock to the masses. That's pretty crazy, right? Reed says. Totally different modes. It's pretty insane that we did both of those things, and they were both really important moments in the band's life. Likewise, it's difficult to imagine another rock outfit that could convincingly cover bluesmen, Robert Johnson, and rap god Notorious B.I.G. as Living Color has done. That's true. That's true. I don't know a lot of people can do that. By Stain, Living Color's 1993 album, the band had rebooted its low. Doug Wimbish, previously a part of early rap label Sugar Hill Records House rhythm section, replaced Skillings on bass guitar. Reed declines to compare the playing of Wimbish and Skillings. 
They're both great in their own space, he says. That said, he adds, Doug is a master sonic craftsman. His command of sound effects, he kind of changed the game for bass in the way effects on the bottom are utilized. It's incredibly inspiring. That manifested on songs like Stain, Closer Wall, where Wimbish's bass goes from chain-like fence to extraterrestrial. He exploits the full range of the bass, Reed says. That song dates back to Living Color's early days at New York City punk club mecca CBGB. It was a good song, but it really wasn't working. Basically, it just got completely rethought and resurrected. We were a different band from Vivid to Time's Up to Stain, and of course, the change in bass players was a major factor. The nose-punching Stain released image grunge-changing, Elk-grunge the grunge bands without resorting to flannel-clad gravy training. In an era when guitar solos were uncool, Reed's art hell shredding remained intact as heard on songs like Mind Your Own Business. On Nothingness, the band was brave enough to sculpt soundscapes that weren't particularly valued in mainstream rock back then. Reed says, We just wanted something completely with a different sonic palette that still had the force of something heavy. And it made that song very elegiac. Gonna have to whip up my dictionary for that one. Really going for a sense of grandeur, Reed says. Nothingness also shows his fondness for guitar synths. Since they've started to introduce them, I've been a guitar synth advocate. I love it. Ampwise by Stain, Reed says he'd pretty much complete transition to Mezabuki and the Duel and Triple Rectifiers. Now in 2023 with Vivid having turned, gulp, 35 this spring. Wow, 35 years old. I'm old, dude. I'm old. Upcoming band projects include a Living Color documentary, Reed says. The band also turned in a memorable set at Rock and Rio with Steve Vai, guesting and trading alchemy with Reed. Even though Reed's a guitar seeker in the truest sense, to this day he's mesmerized by the simple symphony of a good riff. Smoke on the Water, Sunshine Your Love, of which Living Color notably Living Color to cover. The Isley Brothers, It's Your Thing. Even more recent stuff by the likes of Queens of the Stone Age. When you hear one of these riffs that are kind of basic or whatever, Reed says, you always go like, damn, I wish I thought of that. Remember when the White Stripes Seven Nation Army came out? Everybody caught that riff. Damn right, that... I don't know if you knew, but that is a soccer stadium staple. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Check it out. Just YouTube it up. There's crazy soccer stadiums where the whole stadium is going do 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 Pretty amazing stuff. I mean, for Jack White to come up with that riff and transcend into sports like it has, pretty incredible. The science behind a good riff, right? Doesn't have to be complicated. Simple, catchy, and then there you go. There's your million bucks right there. Bam. And if you think about it, any guitar player worth two cents will tell you they're still chasing that perfect guitar riff. I remember watching this interview with James Hetfield from Metallica, and that's exactly what he said. He's still chasing for that perfect guitar riff that will just boom, blow everyone's mind and force everyone to just bow down. Bow down. King James. King James. Bow down. Hey, if you dug that, thank you so much for staying to the end. Please subscribe. I really appreciate it. It really does help out the channel. Also, leave in the comments below if there's any artists that you want me to go do some research and check out and bring you some articles that they've done. I'm more than happy to do that. Just let me know which ones and I'll go check them out. I have a full stash of vintage magazines and obviously right now I'm also following the current ones that come out. So let me know. Until then, thank you so much. Rock on.